Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, focusing on hip-hop pioneers, Outcast. To hash it out, I'm joined by our resident film enthusiast, videographer, and Mr. ATL himself, Ryan Selvi. Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. what's up? I'm, I'm excited, man. I've been wanting to talk about Outcast forever. Since the inception of the show, I, I knew the day would come. I just didn't know who exactly I wanted to talk about it with and when. And as soon as you came onto the team and I saw your Instagram handle, and I saw all the outcast love. I was like, oh, oh, fuck, the stars aligned. We got we got to talk about it. And uh, for the good people, um, Mr. Ryan Selvey is from the ATL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, outcast, it's a part of you. It's a part of your heart, probably more than people realize. Right. Yeah, man. I mean. You know my nickname. My nickname in um, oh god, yeah, high school was out, was literally outcast. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and uh. not because I was, uh, you know, some loner off in the corner somewhere, uh, but because not to people, see the K, right? You know, not to see what the K, yeah, um, but because these, I, I attribute a lot of the way that I am yeah. man wise because of Andre and Big Boy. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Jesus! Yeah. I mean, oh. my mother had a huge part of it. My dad was a bum, so he was just never <laughs> he was never around. He was also in jail for about eleven years. But I I came to the I came to their world in a slightly different way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we will meet in the middle, and yeah, I cannot. I'm I'm so excited to talk about this guy today because they're what one of the greatest, most influential hip hop acts of all time, right? Absolutely. They were not only innovative and new, creative, you know, with crazy, dangerous, bust your shit open beats. They were not only that, but they were they were also not afraid to experiment and try completely new and different directions with their sound, hip hop and music as a whole. I mean, ultimately paving this incredibly new path for generations and generations to come. We've talked about this many times with other acts, and this is no different. They changed the fucking game forever. Um, now here, I, before we go into the background, I, I do want to talk to you, Ryan, about this. Now, uh, I know everyone listening is going to say, well, Outcast isn't really a deep cut. And it, that's that's true, guys. That's true. Outcast is not a deep cut. They are world famous. They 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 have international acclaim, critical acclaim, yeah. crazy you know, crazy success across the boards. Mm-hmm. But there's a but. It's uh, most people know them by their singles. You know, Miss Jackson, Rosa Parks, uh, mm-hmm. so fresh, so clean, roses. Hey, ya, of course, was probably one of their biggest hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Here's the thing, guys. There is a deep cut when you get deeper into their catalog. That's what I found so fascinating when I was, you know, when I was just a a, a musical, you know, grasshopper, lotus flower. You know, before I had my <laughs> my enlightening, I when I really got into them, I I realized there so many people were missing out because if they only knew them by their singles. They didn't know all the little skits and interludes, like all the theatrics, all the stuff that we have fallen in love with Ryan and uh, God. Yeah. So, um, but, but of course, before we can discuss, we need a little background. So outcast consists of, of course, Andre 3000, Benjamin and Antoine, big boy Patton. The duo formed in Atlanta, East Point, Georgia in 1992 when they were just in high school, just like you, just like when you're an outcast, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) helping to pave the way for what was later dubbed the Southern hip hop movement. They went on to make six studio albums, a greatest hits compilation, receive six Grammys and have sales totaling over 20 million records sold, as well as being on, of course, countless fucking best of lists to this day. Now, uh, we're going to focus on the art, of course, that's what our that's what we do here at uh, at AOTB. But before we do, of course, we need a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. 
powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life, and I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours, or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it. Won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Now, before um, we dive into their discography and and their solo projects, Ryan, I I do want to talk about something that I think a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at, but I think we take it for granted, and that is the difference between hip-hop and rap. There is a difference, and I'm not talking about the hip-hop movement, because obviously historians consider hip-hop a cultural movement, and that is important as well, but just the musical style and stylings, if you were to, to describe hip-hop as compared to rap, very simply, for the good people, how would you differentiate the two? Uh, hip-hop is lyrical. Um, rap, rap can be too, but rap is a little more face value. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on beats that are kind of going to get me through the moment, not get me through the day or the year, <laughs> uh, as well as the lyrics as well that will make me bob my head real hard when I'm in my car, but as soon as I turn it off, I kind of don't give a fuck anymore. Sure. Um, but not disrespecting rap at all. I listen to oh, no. a, yeah. a good fair share of rap. Um a lot, but when I think of hip hop, I think Outkast. I think of Kendrick Lamar. I think of J Cole. I oh, think yeah. of Common, Jay Z, stuff like that. Nas, Tribe Called Quest, um, Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, all the all the all the classics. Yeah, Wu Tang. Like that's and you know Wu Tang. Wu Tang is big hip hop, but from a northern, uh, they teeter the line though. They're they're you rap. Know? Yeah, they're they're, they're they're rap too, but not for any negative connotation, but for the fact of like nourishment, hip hop is going to get me, I mean, it's going to get my brain moving. And there's still lines that Three Stacks has said that I've been digesting um, for a decade. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, you know, I try to paint it as again, that amateur musicologist. So it's not just beats versus 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 hooks. It's approached like traditional song structure. There's there's intros, there's it's art. Yeah, there's verses and courses, there's bridges, there's complete instrumental sections. It's very, mm -hmm. it's very uh genre bending and musical. And um, not that rap isn't, again, yeah, no disrespect. It's just that rap has a, almost a very specific lane when you get down to just the nit and gritty of what it is versus hip-hop right. can be so many different things and also it also embraces traditional singing style too uh mm -hmm. where not mm -hmm. only bringing in other you know in choruses not even only bringing like female vocal instrumentalists and things of that nature but also the rappers you know we've always seen definitely andre 3000 singing oh, yeah. on a lot yeah, of these tracks that. sometimes there's no mm -hmm. rap at all yeah. um so it, i think an easy way to think about it is some i i liken it to this you know there is rap in hip-hop but not necessarily hip hop and rap. Oh yeah, is that a good way to put it? I, I that's a good way to put it. And um, so that that leads us to their style. So um, I'm going to break down a little bit of their styles. I'm going to pass it back to Ryan. So to me, every time I listen to their discography, it just oh my god, it just oozes with the funk, like funky mm -hmm. funk, and not like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know old school funk too, like Parliament funkadelic kind of funk, George Clinton fucking yep. all stars, right? And yep. um, they're so, and this is where the deep cuts get in because they're they're so theatrical and cinematic with their little interludes and skits. And this mm -hmm. is where we get into the genre bending stuff. And this is where we get into the experimentation too with their different sounds and stuff like that. But it's always held together by Big Boy and Dre doing not only the rapping but the singing and also just putting so many artistic 
flares. And like you can hear it on Rosa Parks where he's just like Dre's just like humming melodies and harmonics and stuff that just add to the to the rhythm of of, of the um the rhythm section. Like stuff like mm-hmm. that that we don't see a lot in other acts. And it created what I call a musical language. This is part yes. of why they changed the game. And and part of that is with literal language. You know, they love to combine um <laughs> words which which I love doing too. Like Southern Playlist of Cadillac, you know, Spodiote Dopalicious, uh, Stanconia, things like that. That is just oozing everywhere. You know, if you were trying to explain their style to someone that's never heard fucking outcast those poor bastards, how, <laughs> how would you do it, Ryan? I would say it is... Like like you said, actually, you said it perfectly. It is very funk. Um, they brought the funky and the funk to hip hop to yeah. rap. Oh, yeah. Um, through uh the the makings of the South. Yeah. You know, and really cool thing about their music is because of that, and because of Rico Wade and Sleepy Brown and all the guys who were oh, actually yeah. making the beats, yeah, uh, organized noise, uh, there was a lot of actual bass lines in their in their music not just 808s uh not just ba- you know basically noise distortion which is like the bass that we get now but it was actually people playing the bass guitar on a lot of their and a lot of their music and one of my favorite songs from AT Aliens is Wheels of Steel I and actually that, have that in the outline oh yeah oh and, and it's a weird is, song really oh yeah. I love that's actually yeah. I think I think that might be my mom's favorite too I remember playing that song for her in the car and she was like this they're just not music. afraid to be weird I feel like that's gonna be part of our thesis like throughout their whole career if they wanted to experiment if they wanted to do anything they were never afraid they were never afraid to be weird or different different uh, provocative like stronger provocative yeah 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 and I think that that always created like an authentic authenticity to who they were as people and of course their sound and i feel like when people are you know there's always an element of you playing a character artistically and we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that a little later but there's still that raw human uh them being themselves kind of dna in their music and i i feel like that's what i loved about each album because it really was like a fully realized world you know we often call them concept albums like dark side of the moon things like that where every song really is orchestrated and purposeful within the concept of the album as a whole, right? We have singles that, like I said, they're world famous, people love them. But if you actually listen to everything into the context from the very beginning, and they loved their intros, it would also often be a skit or or something like that to, to, to really set the tone and bring the audience, bring us into the yeah. album. And throughout the whole thing was so connected. Everything felt so connected. Yeah. I think of like a perfect exa- example is when in Stan Coney, when they would say, Bright! you know little interludes and things like that oh oh my god yes so let's let's dive in let's go into the discography and we're gonna do we're gonna start with 1994's southern playlist of cadillac music i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about a couple highlights and then i'm gonna give the the floor uh back to ryan so of course players ball is an absolute fucking classic uh get up get out for me uh with goody mob um and what people don't know is so goody mob isn't just one rapper it's it's a, it's a collective it's a group of rappers four rappers uh the most famous being CeeLo green and um and then we start so we start yeah just like ryan said with sleepy brown we're seeing so many consistent collaborations throughout their career and CeeLo green is probably one of the biggest one as well uh crumble and herb is a big one for for me and of course using that musical language hootie who they they would oh, talk yeah. they would you know hootie who they would talk uh. about um and what i loved about all of their music after this album is there would be cross pollination everywhere. They would talk about these songs in, in future album skits and, or interludes or whatever. Like it was uh, how these albums are connected is like, it was so effortless, but it, it created this, you know, we always thought we love universes now, right? Marvel's just started the MCU. There's the DCU. There's the fucking Tarantino universe. Outcasts had their own universe. You know, with Southern playlist of Cadillac music, that was the second. That was the first CD I ever bought myself. Um, okay, I ever owned. I didn't. I did not buy that. I ever owned. I actually got that from my cousin. But Southern Playlistic. God, that is a big deal. Jesus Christ, man. He he. I remember he opened it up, and this was right when CDs became a thing. And he opened it up, and I was like, "There's a naked lady on there." Like, and he was from <laughs> just Chicago. Went, just went through puberty right there, right there. He know. was. He was yeah, exactly. He was from Chicago. And um, he was like, bro, do you not listen to Outkast? And I was like, 
now I'm, I'm kind of like nine years old, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, he's like, pop, pop this in, man. And yeah. we started listening to it. And then I fell in love. I remember sitting out on my grandmother's, in my grandmother's backyard listening to that. And, and I was like, can I have this? He was like, yeah, I'll just buy another. It blew me away. Now, my intro to let you know is the song. It's the second track. And they just hit it. They hit it hard. Mm. And that kind of put down the, this is Outkast. Um, I remember having a lot of, hearing a lot of Outkast before I got that CD with Ain't No Thing. Now, Ain't No Thing But a Chicken Wing was like the first single I heard from them, um, not realizing that I had heard Players Ball before and didn't realize that was them actually, too. I even remember as a kid saying Ain't No Thing But a, but a Chicken Wing. That saying just became, <laughs> became baked into the lexicon immediately. Yeah, yeah. And I don't but, even uh, think I knew where it came from. But did you know that Players Ball was actually a Christmas song? I did not know that. Oh, my God. Enlighten us. Enlighten us. Oh, scribe of Outcast. <laughs> so Players Ball is a great, great song. If you if you Absolutely. Really, really, oh, yeah. really listen to it, though, you hear the uh, the Christmas, the sleigh bells yeah. playing in the background the entire song. And they're talking about, you know, Santa Claus doesn't come to, you know, he didn't come to the hood and stuff like that. And it was very much a Christmas song. And it was on a Arista CD before they came out, or, or I guess it was a cassette probably, but before they came out, um, with Outcast fully, they had TLC. They oh, had um, T Boss Left Eye and Chili. Yeah, that, that, that TLC. Had, yeah, they had Outcast and a few other people on this one Christmas album, huh. and they were all had their Christmas songs. And Player Ball was Outcast Christmas song. I did not. And know that. that is the song that got because it blew up, and that is the song that got them signed. And uh, you know, the rest is history. The rest is oh my god, yes, history. I mean, they were they were destined to do this to to change the game. Like as soon as they came onto the scene, we see it immediately with this first LP is how good it is. I mean, Mm. this is, I mean, I feel like this was, I feel like it became an instant classic is how I look at it. And I, Mm -hmm. I would, I would say a lot of hip hop and rap historians would agree that this, like, this is, this is one of the groundbreaking hip hop albums of the early nineties right here. Mm -hmm. Um, And that leads us to 1996's AT Aliens. What I like, you know, even from like the album art right away, they're saying, they're exotic. They're foreign. They're, we're aliens. We're alien yeah. to all this. And you, uh, I do want to say this before we move on because you, you were, you were talking about this a little bit. And you know, we remember, guys. This is during that East Coast, West Coast feuds and all this stuff. And they kind of came in through the middle, the South, to, South out, to be exact, out the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they and and they talked about that in like yeah. their award um, yeah. award speeches and stuff. And it was actually yeah. at the end of um, one of their albums. You can listen to the exact award speech. And uh, Dre just says, you know, the South has something to say. Essentially, say, yeah, that's all we got to say. So I got something to say. Uh, standouts for me are, of course, Elevators, Me and You, AT Aliens, Wheels of Steel, just like Ryan. And I, you know, what I really loved was Babylon. Babylon is beautiful, man. Uh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So funny. It brings back so many memories. I remember a, a, a girlfriend I had at the time, like crying listening to Babylon. Oh, <laughs> and, um, shit. It was really moving you. She was this like, is what yeah, I love about Babylon. music. It's it always is connected to memories. You know, yeah. that's why I can listen to an album and I can be transported immediately. And that's why I don't know how we want to do this. Um, there's a part of me that wants to talk about our favorite albums and favorite tracks as we go along, but there's a part of me that wants to save it. Okay. Let's that's save fine. it for the end. So that's if cool. if your favorite one comes along talk about it but i want to hear what what it is at the very end like we're gonna do favorite album and then just if you had to pick one song in their entire catalog what would be your go-to but yeah it's uh god it's babylon and you see this evolution uh with their sound but they're still kind of playing there were they were in a way characters but you but you said it best uh we were talking in our pre-show before we actually um went live with this recording you said it best that yes, if you listen, really listen to what they're saying, they, you know, the the street hustling, the 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 players ball, the them being this char- these characters in a way is one thing, but it it also is the opposite. You know, speak a little bit to that. You know what I really loved about, and this is why I kind of became what I said before. I kind of became the man I became from the music I listened to. Um, was be I, I didn't start drinking until twenty three or four. 
Ooh, I don't even want to say when I started. <laughs> That's because, That'll haunt me if I tell you. Because Dre, I'll just say teens. Uh, all right. Teens. Well, that's, you know what, though? But that's not too off kilter for most people, man. Everybody's like, oh, I was drinking. I was Early 14. I was like, Damn. teens. Okay. I'll, I don't <laughs> want to say anymore. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't drink. You know, I looked up to three stacks so much. Um, I had a best friend, and it was myself and Chris. Him and I, are, we're no longer in contact, but we listened to these guys religiously. And he was a big, big boy fan, and I was a big, uh, big Andre fan. I think he's more of an Andre fan now as an adult. But you know, I we both didn't drink or smoke or anything like that because Three Stacks stopped drinking and stopped smoking. Now, I'm not saying if Three Stacks was like, "Man, I'm about to go jump off this building. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it," but it made me realize that I don't have to do this because other people do it. And that was what made Outkast um, so uh, important to me in my life. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I went off on a tangent because I love these guys so much. Can you ask me the question you asked me before? Because <laughs> I, I just completely lost no, it. Uh, no, you're good. That's, that's part of the show. We have to have tangent <laughs> corners. That was a Ryan tangent quarter. No, no. We, um, you know, because before we go to Equimini, 1998's Equimini, it's important to talk about the characters, you know, because they are often looked as, you know, street hustlers and, and, right, right, and right. pimps and players and like all of this kind of, this, there, there was an element of stereotypes involved but they knew they wanted to kind of embrace and be these characters for the albums but at the same time they were saying that we if you think this is all there is to it then you're not you're not listening kind of a thing right 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 and and you know the characters i think may be um the wrong word even though this word probably means the exact same thing it was more of a personification but you know mm. big boy and dre grew up in these streets and they sold yeah they, that was gonna be my next question for and... you as the as our resident outcast historian now i'm like where does where does antoine and andre in and 3000 and big boy begin you know because i know they grew up on the streets though, so there there was some realities to who they were in these songs too so so there is a it's, it's gonna be hard to paint this picture but big boy is with big boy out the out the gate from the first album big boy was big boy. You know what I mean? He he was that personification probably until Aquimini came on. Now, Three Stacks on the other side was Dre or Andre, but he didn't become 3000 until probably I don't it's going to sound sound weird to say the end of of AT Aliens, but let's just say the beginning of Aquimini. Yeah. So like Big Boy got a little a little bit more experimental. Yeah. And uh, uh and Andre became a little less Dre and became 3000. So I guess a little more experimental too. But um, I feel like they both kind of went into their personifications as artists, uh, really, really, really at the conception of AT Aliens, which was pretty early on, really, because you see, I mean, they still got the hats. You know, Dre started wearing the, uh, his head wrapped and stuff like that sure. in the turban. And that's when you really started seeing him kind of start to take on this evolved, right? form and evolve and stuff yeah. like that. And he was always, while both of them are fantastic lyricists, he was always the the, the, the higher in, I think, higher mind when it came to lyrics. Um, yeah, well, I, I remember reading that, you know, he didn't, he wanted to differentiate differentiate himself from dr dre so he started using the andre 3000 moniker and but yeah he really i i think you put it well like that evolution because that's what i i I, before we can really talk about equimini again 1998's equimini um we have to talk about their evolution because yeah i feel like even though a lot of who they were in these past albums was still there that dna of course was there they God, this was there was a breakthrough element, I think, with the Quim and I and and definitely we'll 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 get to this here a little later with definitely with Stanconia. And uh, so let's let's dive into a Quim and I. Uh, if you don't know uh, <laughs> where that name comes from, it's their, it's their zodiac signs. Uh, Aquarius and Gemini makes yeah. a Quim and I. Um, standouts for me is uh, skewed on the skewed on the Barbie. This God, this fucking hook. I will sing this to myself. It'll randomly pop in my my head all the time. Like like for years, I will just be I'm in love with it. And then of course Rosa Parks. Now here's a fun fact for all of you that blew my fucking mind a little bit when I learned it. The real Rosa Parks sued them <laughs> for yeah. the song Rosa Parks. Yeah, that was dumb and, as hell. And they tried to you know they're like, well this is a 
kind of a tribute to you, Rosa. Yeah. And I think she just didn't want to be um, you know, associated with the stereotypes are with hip hip hop acts and rap acts. Yeah, and yeah, something sure. negative. So, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was that. You know, it might have been some monetary stuff that she was looking for too. Who knows? Mm, um, who knows? Well, I don't you know. know that part. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I thought I don't it was either. pure principle. I thought it was like... Don't use my name like that. I, you know what? And I'm sure it was. I, I, I mean, no disrespect or even to put anything out on, on Madame Rosa Parks whatsoever. So who knows? But I remember my mom was like, she just looking for some money. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, on your mom. That's what my you mom said. I, mean? I didn't say I that. Mean, my hey, mom said that. I was a kid when, she, when this was all happening. So anything my mom said, I'm like, yeah, she probably was. But um, Equimini. Equimini, I would say is their strongest it's, uh, it's a it's a album. game changer yeah it's my favorite album oh yeah. he's already doing it guys okay favorite album equipment i don't tell uh, me your favorite song then all uh, right uh, no save, I, the, save I the favorite song till the end okay but from from synthesizer to equipment itself equipment i is love equipment it's Jesus not my Christ. favorite song but equipment i may be one of the greatest songs in in andre 3000's verse at the end of that song when you think the song is going off and the beat drops and he comes right back in and he raps for a good two minutes and it is glorious. It is some of the best shit you will ever hear in hip hop, in my opinion, for sure. Mama Sita, the, the art of storytelling, um, Nathaniel, and then, of course, two of the greatest songs back to back. They're such they complement each other so well. But Liberation. Oh, my God. I put that on my list. Yeah. Liberation, once again, not my favorite song. That was a is. game changer, too, though. It was yes. it was a completely different song for them to from to ever do. And with the complete instrumental in the middle of a hip hop track is oh, they man. just people didn't do that then, oh, you know, man. in the 90s. And it just they killed it. It was it was strong. It was beautiful. Everybody had something to say and it meant something. Uh, I think this was Big Boy's first time trying to sing a little bit, and it, it, it landed well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then right after yeah, Liberation, he doesn't, he doesn't sing much. No, but right after Liberation, you uh, you get Chunky Fire, and Chunky Fire is guitar riffs, you know, a hard bat beat to it. You got Andre on this like loud speakerphone sounding kind of like uh, distortion to his voice. Right. They are rapping, snapping, and I love it. Uh, to me, to me, like Liberation and Chunky Fire, well, I'm just, honestly the entire album of Quimini to me is if I could see sounds, it would look like it would look like Atlanta. To me. <laughs> oh my God, that's a perfect way to put it. And Spody yeah. uh, Odie Dopalicious, I think is is a big is a big track to me as I well. I skipped over that. And uh, I I think it's a perfect segue to talk about more of the the music theory that people don't even realize they're doing and i don't you know let me say this for the record i don't even think they know that they're they were kind of um being progressive or innovating different lyrical rhythm styles at the time they were just doing it instinct instinctually right um it was instinct it was just what they were feeling what they wanted to add to the music a lot of them aren't thinking like how i think and how i analyze this so i that's why i give it to you guys so you guys can understand but so uh when we talk about music of course we talk about bars you know so bars have four beats to a measure often raps are kind of contained within that those common time phrases of four beats or eight beats just like dancers eight counts is what they call it often even going into 12 and 16 so that would be four bars three or four bars but here's the thing about um and i would notice dre doing this the most andre 3000 is he would um this is a rhythmic theory term he would play over the bar what that means in the in the simplest terms is having a repeated phrase that goes into uh, for his own lyrical phrasing maybe five beats to a measure or six beats to a measure so he would even though the drum beat you know the one two three four the kick snare kick snare would would end on a four he would keep singing his verse way past that so he would sing over the bar but if you do this purposefully and with uh precision uh and you can repeat it and actually write it that way it creates what is known as polyrhythms and this is where again outcast is so completely fucking different is they would use polyrhythms with their lyrical rapping and phrases over you know these very still very beautiful eclectic musical styling foundations and we would see so if you ever wondered why it was hard to either dance to some of their songs obviously not the singles or just try to understand where they're at in conjunction with the music that that is why that's why the art of storytelling um he does that a little bit in part two. Yeah. Um, 
and he does it in um, y'all scared. I feel like y'all scared is is a song that is featuring you know just about everybody from Goody Mob except for CeeLo. Mm. And y'all scared is really, really, really lyrically uh, profound. I had to put a word on it, and they all kind of are the thing. The thing I love about what you're saying, but they may not have known necessarily. Yeah, I don't think they knew that. that. They were just being. They were just. They were just rapping and singing on instinct. What sounded exactly. good to them to the music. Exactly, and but with that even being said, uh, to me makes it even more powerful because you have these extremely strong lyrics that may have been a little bit too certain. Certain words may have been a little bit too long, and they had to form certain things a certain way, and that pushed it over that 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 regular. Re- you know, I, I was watching an interview a very, 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 very long time ago, and Andre and Big Boy were sitting next to each other as they do. And um, <laughs> and I remember them saying, like, we don't care about bars. Usually rappers. Right. They stay contained bars. into this lane. Right. And yeah. he was like, we don't care if it feels good. That's what's that's what's going on the track. And I remember thinking, damn, like, that's awesome. So so I think they did have a conscience of what was going like they, they knew. But yeah, uh, the closest thing to the stylings is is jazz but that's often like um there's so much improvisation with jazz they're doing that all the time but it's not actually written to be uh repetitive and cyclical and where they would do that uh, all the time and uh, it would create this beautiful rhythmic layers like we've really never seen before well at the time obviously now it's it's commonplace and and what really took over now just to do a little musical tangent on modern hip-hop and rap is is the triplet everything is fucking triplet Mm. this triplet that which is fine you know da 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 da, triplets but um it's just it just shows part of the evolution and that leads us of course to 2000 stankonia so since we already talked about favorite albums this is my fucking favorite album i love a break i i love i love stankonia uh i uh gasoline dreams b.o.b miss jackson so fresh so clean gangsta shit i just gangsta shit man isn't that great i i just i love it i don't know if you were listening to outcast by then i was this is this was part of the reason i i love this album to this day is where i this is where i cut my teeth okay this is where i started cool cool so i was you know i'm 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 four albums deep you know what i mean this is my yeah i know (laughs) this is my fourth run so i i remember on 107.9 which is like hip-hop uh radio station down here and they had I, re- I remember the album was coming out and they had andre and big boy in the in the in the studio on the, the studio there it they was outcast day and they literally played songs from staying on you from the beginning of the day oh, to wow. 8 p.m <laughs> uh, and, and i remember them playing and, and you know when they were the later on in the day uh, is when they were in the studio because uh, they were going to sit there all day. But but they were playing a song, and I remember they played. Um, I'm not snapping and trapping. They played gangster shit on the mm-hmm. radio, and they were like, "We're not cutting out any curse words." They were like, "Fuck it, let's do it," and they played it. And I was like, "This album is going to be the greatest fucking album <laughs> of all time." And as soon as that shit dropped, I skipped class, ran across the street to the Target, bought it, ran back to class. I miss that shit. Do you miss that? Do you? I'm sure you do. do I, you miss I still do shit? it. I think I know what you're going to ask. Um, but do you, do you miss having, not skipping class. I know you still can't skip class, but do you miss. <laughs> like physical media? <laughs> physical media. Yeah. I, I still go to the record store. I still love, okay. I still love, and getting real vinyl records, I still love uh, what I call treasure hunting, you know, yeah. is finding that weird gem, that weird, you know, Michael Jackson's original yeah. LP, original yeah. pressing of Thriller, or something like yeah. that. Whatever it is, I I love I I I don't get a lot of time to do it. And there is um there's uh I don't live in my hometown anymore, but there is this little joint in my hometown. It's actually a thrift store that mm. has a vinyl records at dirt cheap prices, but they're like mm. it's like Led Zeppelin one, like all these oh, treasure trove albums yeah. that um you could not you know if you go anywhere else, you go to like your favorite fucking hip you know uh, vinyl record store on the corner of some you know cool 
art district it's gonna be yeah. 20 or 30 dollars maybe for more sure. for one vinyl record but yeah oh, I'm I, paying I do 50 for it. my vinyl all the time man. oh god paying, yeah uh, see so yeah, you can yeah. you can relate to the you feel my pain but yeah, yeah I, I um I, I love learning the the history going back to the album just let's do a pullback I love going to the learning the history of Stanconia too for the mm. show like mm-hmm. i remember when uh, andre 2000 was dating erica badu and i didn't know that miss jackson was some kind of apologizing to her mom when they broke up yeah. things like that you know where i feel like it really kind of a lot of these tracks a new um especially when you listen to it now after you know your child oh, being yeah. into an album in your ch- childhood versus how much time has passed and you know i can I, I see it through a completely different lens now so and it's just there's something about stanconia that really speaks to me i think more than any other one yeah stanconia uh slum beautiful with CeeLo uh is amazing uh, i used to listen to all the time it's a 19 second interlude called cruising in the atl and i used to listen to that shit Every time I jumped in my car, <laughs> it would be first track. It's 19 seconds. And um, I think it's Lil Will singing um, a guy who was with uh, with yeah. Dungeon Family. And uh, it's just ATL cruising and ATL. Oh, yeah. I it. know that one. That's oh, it, yeah. man. And, oh, yeah. and then break and all. It's the oh, fucking right. great. And it's little stuff like that. Like, why is that even there? Their, their albums were so different. When I would put in other albums I was listening to where there was like DMX or... Um, oh, yeah. I mean, at the time, it was uh, 2001 Chronic, you know, Dr. Dre's sequel mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. one of my favorite albums, The Chronic. Um, yeah, and DMX and God, I even remember, I feel like when they started to get a little more pop, you know, like with uh, Country Grammar, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The list, the list is endless, right? Yeah, man, it, it is. It's really, um, it's it's really interesting. Uh, the stuff they did, uh, very art PC, very, um, still very southern, and that's what I love. Like, like I loved the fact that I was from the South because I had these guys to represent who I was as, you know, Absolutely. Uh, that's a great way a, to put it. A, a black person, a rapper, like you know, what I'm saying, like, uh, um, say you were perfect for this show. I knew it. I knew I, it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I was gonna like when you said Outcast. I was like, thank God. But um, it's my favorite rap uh, or hip hop group of literally of all time. I've never found anybody to for for my personal my personal taste. I have always been in love and obsessed with Outcast. I, I know I, I don't know what could ever top them in my book. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. And there have been obviously things get things get old, and you listen to a song 32 million times, and you get tired of stuff, but. As soon as we're done with this, I have somewhere to go, and I will definitely be listening to Outkast. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? In my car, because just talking about this and, and nerding out about the cast is just—it just makes me realize how ahead of the time oh, they yeah. were. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's just now, and I mean, maybe in the last t- ten years. So I'd say, I'd say twenty ten, where I think like Southern Playlistic is like sounding old. <laughs> AT, AT aliens is sounding old like like the the, the beats are uh, the production is dated. a little dated yeah yeah dated. i mean especially southern playlist because you know yeah but like equimini to me still holds up there's there's still songs that that's I can the play beauty like, of music it, if it's done the right way it can be timeless is what i call it and uh yeah let's uh let's uh transition on to uh, the uh, the beginning of the end in a lot of ways. That's Speaker Box and the Love Below, yeah. 2003. Yeah. Speaker Box to me was like, you know, I always looked at it as like kind of the straightforward, you know, safe rap album by Big Boy. But after re-listening to it for the show, it still is Outcast. That that Outcast DNA is there, in, and and the Love Below is definitely fucking. You know, if Equimini is okay, Computer and Stan Konya is like Kid A. The love below is like it's like Andre three thousand just became like the mad hap hatter like he just went he just went crazy with experimentation and I I think a lot of it landed for me yeah man um I remember when three stacks started singing a little bit more and and you started hearing a little more of him trying to not leave hip hop but he really I think he felt confined sure and I think he was ready to uh, be like hey I like the way this sounds because I'd listen to this music myself and I can do this yeah um and he did and like you said it landed I remember when um the whole world came out and and literally you hear him go 
here we go. Like you hear him, like you know what I mean. Like, I'm trying that was this the, shit. Uh, yeah, that was this just the single they made for the greatest hits compilation. I don't think I think right. a lot of people think that's in some album somewhere. But mm-hmm, for the good mm-hmm. people listening, it's just a it's just a sing- standalone single. Yep, and that was that was before uh, Speaker Box. Yeah, Af- after Stankonia. So I think that was there, and that was the first. I think I'm right about that. But that's um, that was the first I think album in between albums that was longer than two years stankonia mm, and speakerbox yeah, yeah everything else was two years two years two years two years oh no um, it is i'm looking at the dates now yeah stankonia mm-hmm, was 2000 yep, and yep. the speakerbox the love below package was, was 2003, 2003. Yeah, yeah for the good people that don't know too so this was this is also a first of its kind i don't think anybody's ever done this before is where it's a double lp but two technically solo lps but as a package double LP as Outcast. So mm-hmm. each person gets their own album, yep. but they package it as an Outcast double LP album, which has never ever been done before. And um just to go uh just to I'm looking at the clock, just to go through some of the tracks that I really love and, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna pass it back to Ryan is of course the way you move. Fucking that's just an oh, absolute yeah. fucking classic and banger. Oh, yeah. What I really liked was flip flop rock. I was shocked how much I loved this fucking song and then of course on the love below side was happy valentine's day uh of course hey i don't know hey yeah uh, it's uh, I, it's not i actually feel like there's so many other great songs on that album but for for a big audience pleaser it's gonna be hey yeah right hey hey uh was everywhere exactly um, you couldn't get away from the shit yeah like you couldn't you couldn't get away and from roses it. to a lesser extent but you know what really what i really loved in the vein of happy valentine's day was behold a lady i was like this is behold fuck- yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. man yes lady. well you know that note perfect man that was man, great I, yeah that was yeah. good that's not your first rodeo i bet <laughs> no yeah. i've saying that a couple times man. i've had I've had some practice, but what's your standouts, man? My standouts, to be honest, man, prototype. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. spread, spread for me, man. Yeah. Spread, spread is, whew, spread is amazing. Spread has always been, you know, well, both of them. They've always had kind of a sexiness, you know. They've they've always they've always sang about sex and lovemaking and 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 the beauty that is woman, and mm-hmm. we feel we feel it on these albums a lot of times. She lives in my lap. Oh yeah, um, there's another was, one. was a huge breakup song for me. It, it, oh it really? Was, uh, yeah, because the chick I was dating at the time. Music, um, memories and music. There it is again. We we were just like we love that song together. And, ah. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a big one. And then pretty oh, pink and blue, man. Pink that and is blue. Good. That is good. Oh, and then. Um, my favorite things. I mean, he's not even he's not even rapping on it, but he's and that a is a cover of um, oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, but there is a name. God fuck. Uh, there is a name for that when you when you do a cover, but you're but the only thing that's similar is like the melody and the rhythm. Like you could recognize yeah. the song in it, yeah. but uh, you change the lyrics and other things. There's there's a specific name for that. It's not a cover. Ooh, someone tweet at me. I'm, I'm I'll put it in the liner notes. Speaker box of love below. Uh, final word before we go to Idlewild. Uh, speaker box below below. Um, I do love. The final word on that is I was freaking shitting my pants when I heard that <laughs> Outcasts might be breaking up. That was a yeah. that was big talks in yeah. Atlanta, and I was heartbroken and distraught. It's probably why I ended up breaking up with that chick. And then this came out, and I was like, "Oh, it's a double disc." And and then <laughs> life life was life was cool, but it was like you said at the beginning of the id yeah and that that's a good point because they've never formally said they've broken up it's always they always call it a hiatus yeah uh, but it's done. yeah i think in you <laughs> know done. informally they 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 i i i would love yeah i know they're big fans outcast if you're listening right now we would love another fucking outcast album you know even Man. if it was a double lp like this we were technically like doing solo albums we'll take it which brings us to idol wow 2006 now i um I full disclosure, I did not give Idlewild probably the chance it deserved years ago, but re-listening it for the show, it's so great. It is it is excellent. Oh my god. It is it is really dope. I would I wouldn't say excellent because it's 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 still an outcast album to me, even though it's kind of a musical soundtrack for this movie they tried to do. It was very much uh the 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 soundtrack to the album. So therefore I feel like they were building music around the movie that they were you know the story that was constructed yeah. constructed where i'd rather have had an out of wild album that was just an album in the spirit of 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay. These songs were in the movie. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, you know, I, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's I, I don't love it's, it. It's a sore subject, guys. Say no more. Say no more. Let's, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I would say I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this one just because I'll just say, check it out, guys. It's, it's still part of their, yeah, discography. It's still important. I think it's still really great. As I said, it was, it, it was excellent in my opinion. There were still, still all of those outcast staples with their interludes and intros and their skits and all, all the, all the little things that make outcast outcast is still there. I did want to, before we, uh, tie the bow on just their discography and go, I do want to talk about their solo careers a little bit before we, uh, completely conclude this B is, uh, I just want to talk about, yeah, we've talked about this a little throughout the show is just their consistent collaborations with people they're so inclusive i felt like you know if they if they felt like man i know we could make great art with this person they would always invite them that's why they had full collectives like goody mob organized noise uh the dungeon family you know come together mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. these you know collaborations i just wanted to highlight a few of them real quick we would talk about silly sleepy brown CeeLo green goody mob the collective that is organized noise killer mike of run the jewels i'm a huge fucking run the jewels fan and so seeing him kind of come through the ranks and then start his own thing with lp was a big deal for me and uh the dungeon family a music collective and kind of like you know america's version of a sound system for these guys yeah they're they were so inclusive they always were happy to collaborate and try different things and we saw we saw that with their solo careers too so part of the reason that um so we're going to transition to their solo careers because part of the reason when i was joking about the beginning of the end with speaker box and love below mr Andre 3000 wanted to act you know that was where yeah, his muse was yeah. taking him but before we start there i want to talk about big boy i'm gonna f- kind of fly through these albums we'll talk about them a little bit and then so we can get to andre and then just kind of talk about um some some other things before again we tie a, a bow on this b so uh big boys uh solo studio albums include sir lucius left foot the son of chico dusty if you guys are new to fucking outcast he would use those monikers all the time and 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 every on so many albums mm-hmm. so many tracks yeah. so this is so fitting for him to call this this is essentially his other pseudonyms for big boy mm-hmm. uh including the track daddy fat sacks he would call himself daddy fat sacks all the time uh that was in 2010 Ab- i i absolutely recommend this jesus christ uh vicious lies and dangerous rumors 2012 yeah. big grams with phantogram 2015 mm-hmm. 2015 boomiverse 2017 and the big sleepover with sleepy brown in 2021 um i was so if you need the spiritual successor to Outcast's work, uh, look no further than Big Boy's solo discography. Uh, did you keep up with his solo stuff? Sir Lucia's Left Foot, I listened to. Big Grams, I liked a lot. Boomiverse, I liked. Um, and I haven't listened to The Big Sleepover yet. I, I listened to yet. it today for the show. I actually, I had, I made just enough time to listen to every single one. And um, it's... It's really great. You know, I would say if if we had to, if I had to pinpoint the one to, you know, if, if you don't want to get into like, you know, spend a, a ton of time getting into his solo work, right. the very first one, Sir Lucius Lovefoot, is jokingly good. Like it is, I, I just, God, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, Sir Lucius, Sir Lucius, he was hot off of, uh, hot off the outcast. I think behind closed doors, Three Stacks was like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and he was just ready to, you know, big, big boy has been consistently and in the forefront making music for the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's kept going. And what's, what's, what's cool to me was interesting is that he kind of did a little acting too. I mean, it wasn't as big as Andre, but he was in Nick Cannon's wild and out Chappelle show, ATL, Idlewild, of course, obviously. Uh, who's your caddy? And then Law and Order. I was shocked to, to read that that credential. Yeah, I didn't see the Law and Order show. I'm gonna look it up on YouTube to see see what's up with that. But a- ATL man, you know, I remember him being on the Chappelle show, and his acting was exactly like I thought it would be. It was awful. And then <laughs> AT- and then ATL came out. He was like a legit villain, and the shit was good. Like he acted his balls off, and I would love to see. As a film buff, you know that it 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 is sometimes the script and the direction. It's not always the actors that make a bad acting part. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and and that's that's very much true. But even sometimes under the best you know directors on, yeah. on the on the planet, you still have people who can't act. 
Um, you but can only I, sh- polish a piece of shit so much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I, you know, if if you haven't seen ATL, listeners, if you have not seen it, watch ATL. It's a really, it's a really cool look into kind of a fun look into Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, young, younger Atlanta, but Big Boy is you know the big time drug dealer guy, and um, and he was like good. I, said, he, I he, didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to see ATL, so he was pretty good, huh? He was fucking good. Yeah, he was real good. Yeah, and that that leads us to Mr. Andre three thousand, who uh, is really good. You know, the, uh, clearly he was drawn to the art that is film and acting and mm-hmm. all of those realms. But he would still do a little bit of music. He would just you know uh, again Andre. I know you're a big fan of the show. If you just want to make one solo record of just your <laughs> material, we would be very grateful to hear that because he would, he would, he usually, if he did something musical, he would be like the featured guest. Um, yeah. Just to go down a quick rundown of some of the stuff, some of the um, people and groups and collaborators he worked with. I mean, uh, he's, he's worked with the best. So Goody Mob, TLC, Q-Tip, that's Q-Tip of A Tribe Called Quest, Jay-Z, Ice Cube, Lloyd, Nas, Kanye, Missy Elliott, Ludacris, Lil Wayne, Tech 9 Drake, Frank Ocean, The Gorillas, yep, that Gorillas, mm-hmm. uh, Damon Albarn, uh, James Murphy, yes, that James Murphy of LCD Sound System, uh, Beyond Future, Erica Badu, Travis Scott, Solange, yes, that's Solange, Beyond Beyonce's sister, and uh, one of my favorites, Anderson Pack. He's had a very uh, lucrative producing career. You know, he likes to make the music for the people. He likes to make the albums and kind of be behind the scenes. And of course, his acting career, acting credits include Families, The Shield, Be Cool, Revolver, Simi Pro, Four Brothers, Idlewild, of course. And he was also, he said something, or surprised again to learn that he's done some just voiceover acting roles. Uh, he was the voice in, Char- one of the voices in Charlotte's Web, of yeah, all things. Yeah, uh, fun, fun little, uh, it was one of my gems of the week. Uh, oh, okay. But last, uh, on, a, on a previous episode, but everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once, he plays the flute in that movie he does he plays the flute um i still haven't seen it yet don't uh, don't come after me i really i've been trying though for the record i've been trying i've been yelling at my wife and my family go with me to this and everyone's busy so i will get there i'll get there. i hear you man but that's i thought that was really cool and very interesting that he he is in the score for playing the flute. <laughs> He's in the score for, of course he is, God. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a quick, you know, before we uh, talk about what's happened since then, you mentioned this a little bit, and I feel like it's important to kind of talk about this, is, um, I, yeah, I've always, you know, of the pair, I love Big Boy. I think he's a master of his craft. He's incredibly talented, but I've always kind of gravitated towards Andre 3000's work. And I think it's because there was a little more um, escapism. He was a little more daring. I think he was just... A, I think you know for a lack of a better word he was just a little more artistic wearing yeah. the wigs and the, the crazy outfits and again you know he was being this this character version of himself but you know there was an authenticness because i could see deep down he really wanted to embrace this was him embracing himself in a way of being Absolutely. this louder than life character uh, at the same time and so it was it was really nice to at least see the reunion uh shows uh, i didn't get to see anything live but of course I, I watched some on youtube and television so 2013 2014 uh just to bring you guys up to speed on what's been happening in the last decade outcast played coachella and then they embarked on a on a on a tour to, to, you know, play the greatest hits kind of a thing. And I will say this before we put the conclusion on, on this. I, I This is going to be a very unpopular opinion. Or may, mm. I don't know. You may, you may, may agree. I kind of thought the genre was dead for a long time. After they informally broke up, I was like, ah, oh, God. You know, when I... Every hip hop or rap act that came after 2006, seven ish year, I just, uh, it just, everything would kind of fall flat for me. Yeah. Until, now here's, you know, you know what we like to do at AOTB? There's a happy ending of this. And eventually yeah. there was a transition period where there was like a ray of light. There was like an, ah, oh, moment when I met Kendrick Lamar. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, it's yeah. not, the genre is not dead at all. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, about the same time I was getting into like Tyler the Creator, Future, Earl Sweatshirt. And um, very recently in the last five, six years, uh, like I already said, Run the Jewels. Um, oh, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. absolutely love Run the Jewels LP2 all the way. And um, I think part of it, and I'm curious to what you think, um, part of it is just because it's the closest thing to kind of like punk rock in rap and hip hop that I've found. Um, that's run why I've jewels. always, yeah, run the jewels. That's why I've always yeah. gravitated towards them. Well, I mean, I, I hear you. It definitely has that, um, you know, stand up and shout at the man 
you know. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of politi- activism, yeah, politics a, in there. Yeah, in the a, lot, a lot of activism, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And that's, that's a killer, and that's, killer Mike. That's him. But, you know, you know, yeah, we see him everywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, nicest dude in the world, by the way, if you ever meet him. Have you met him? Oh, yeah, twice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Fuck yeah, me. Yeah, that is twice. so great. And, okay. and the dude, I mean, the dude was like all smiles. and Yeah, super nice, authentic. Anytime I see him, uh, I'm a little jealous now. Two, two times <laughs> to meet Killer Mike. Yeah, man, it was cool. Well, the, the, the first time was, you know, me uh, along with a ton of people, but I, I got to like look in his face and shake his hand. And, you know, he was like, hey, bro, appreciate, appreciate you coming out. Was at uh, the the Outlast concert, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. oh at, at, at last concert, you know it was it was Outcast final performance, their final thing, and Killer Mike performed, walked off the stage, and walked into the crowd, and literally started shaking hands, and so I had never seen Outcast live before, and I thought I'm I would, jealous of I that would too. never Damn see it. them. Yeah, and then they did this thing, and two of my friends uh, ended up buying my ticket. Just being like, hey, we bought it for you because we know how much you love it. We're all going to be there. So I was like, cool. And as soon as the first song came on, which I could not tell you what it was, bro, I had to move forward because I was crying so hard. Like, I was crying, bro. This is a good segue to favorite song of all time. I didn't didn't forget. If you had to pick one Outkast song. To to die on is probably Liberation, but my favorite song is probably going to be uh, Spaghetti Junction. Mine is um, Bombs Over Baghdad. There's something. I I love Bombs Over Baghdad. You know what sucks about Bombs Over Baghdad, though? You can't find that shit in karaoke. And I want to karaoke (laughs) Bombs Over Baghdad. Ooh, that'd be be a tricky one. So bad. And it's not there. I'm talking about from states. I I, I was in Texas looking for it. I've been in Georgia looking for it. And it it doesn't exist. So let's, uh, that's a perfect place to bring this guy home. I want you to, this is a two-parter conclusion. Give the good people this. Talk legacy, you know, who they inspired, why they're important, and... If God, I doubt anybody has not got into a little bit of outcast, but for the good people out there, why are they so important? They're so important because it's Atlanta. And even <laughs> if you're not even if you're not from Atlanta or even if you don't listen to rap or hip hop, if you want to experience Atlanta what it grows and how different it can be at its heart. So it's, it's it's a little, it's crazy now. But some of the people that we listen to, the Kendrick Lamars, hearing Jay-Z and Eminem say, hey, my my top rappers are Andre and Big Boy. Yeah. Um, my favorite group is this, this, and this. It's always other groups talking about how fantastic they are. I've heard rock groups talk about how much they love Andre. And Absolutely. Big Boy and Outkast. I'm, I'm an example of that. Music, sound, the fidelity and the lyrics it's it's the reason to love music perfectly put uh thank you so much for joining oh thank you thank you thank you mr ryan selby for joining me today on this very important episode that we knew we had to give to the good people uh and i want to thank the good people thank you guys for listening and uh you know we got a little more for you though we got a little icing on the cake we got a little cherry on top with what we call the gym of the week if you're new to the show you don't know what the gym of the week is it's essentially something we like to talk about here at the end of our shows but it doesn't always fit into the scheme of the main episode it may be on our radar in the last day, maybe last week, maybe maybe the last month, but uh, we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper. Uh, before we go into them, we have to, of course, talk about their sponsor. And their sponsor is Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings just like this. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secured cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's zen.ai slash art of the beholder or just use promo code art of the beholder and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now back to the gyms. Uh, mine's going to be short and sweet because I'm curious what your gyms are. Uh, mine is um, honestly Sir, Sir Lucius Leftfoot, the son of Chico okay. Dusty. Uh, if Because right. uh, I, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that has never, ever listened to uh, some of their some of their solo work, some of their yeah. uh, solo uh, offerings. And this album, there's something about it. I just, I I, it, I think it's, it's perfect in a lot of ways. And you know, I don't know if it's a gym because it's <laughs> everywhere right now and it's brand brand new and it's hot as fuck no no it that's is. what the gyms are the gyms all are right. usually the all right a little the more of the the big stuff yeah all right all right it is 
is Kendrick Lamar's new album. Oh, Mr. yeah. Morale yeah. And the Big Steppers. It is, if A24 made a fucking rap album, a hip-hop album, this, this is, is it. it. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I did a show with Buck last week, and that was his gem. His gem was, or I think we did a pre-gym gym of the week, and we talked about Kendrick Lamar's uh, new album. So, guys, it's that good. Exactly. If you haven't, if again, if you're living under a fucking rock and you haven't, haven't learned that, I actually said music at a birthday last, or was it last week or the week before? Whenever, mm-hmm. uh, in the past, uh, when his album came out, that was a, a great day for all of us. So, yeah, uh, yeah check yeah, it out. Um, And of course, guys, if you like that, you can follow us at underscore Novo underscore day and at Novo Day Media. You can, of course, check out our website, NovoDayProductions.com. There you'll find things like the Entropy Sessions, Adulteration, Post Meridium, uh, Cancel Culture Lotto, and a lot more to come. Of course, this show, you'll see promotions for this show. And don't forget to like and subscribe, follow, hit that notification bell, do all the fucking things that the algorithm likes that your overlords make us do, rate and review, all the things. And if you'd like to sponsor our little love child you can of course reach out to us at novadaymedia at gmail.com now if you want to get a hold of mr ryan selvi the outcast historian of our ndp family yeah you can do so at his instagram handle eatc.films tell the good people what you can offer them um videographer i can make you some wonderful fantastic videos whether that's bar mitzvahs or parties or you have a script that needs to be directed director photography lighting i got you he's got you guys uh so thank you so much for listening again and until next time be good to each other and as always good luck and god speed we love you art of the beholder is brought to you by novo day productions created and hosted by novo day and the novo day collective facebook.com slash novo day media at novo day media on twitter and instagram music by a company facebook.com slash aco music one two three Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Hootie hoo!